0: When it comes to the growth and development of your little one, I think it's safe to say that most mums have a tendency to be oversensitive. We all have stories to relate of parents we know or have seen being hugely overprotective. However, no one knows your little one like you do. So it's important to seek professional help if you feel something is amiss with their natural development always trust that gut feeling. The earlier conditions such as ADHD and autism are diagnosed, the better. So if in doubt, get onto it. This week's guest, Teresa Inman, knows all about this because she works with children from birth to three years of age. She helps identify whether they have issues. She then provides strategies and help in conjunction with an occupational therapist which can help prevent things from escalating. Teresa is a board-certified behavior analyst, an infant-toddler development specialist, and author of the book, How Can I Help My Child Communicate? So in this episode, you'll hear Teresa and I talk about why it is important for early intervention and to get them diagnosed early during the crucial birth to age three window and not to delay this. What mums can look for that could indicate issues such as speech delays or sensory issues. Possible signs that could point to autism and so much more. I'm Helen Thompson and welcome to First Time Mums Chat. I'm a childcare educator and baby math class instructor and know that being a parent for the first time is challenging and changes your life in every way imaginable. To help ease your transition into parenthood, I aim to offer supportive, holistic approaches and insights for mums of babies aged mainly from four weeks to 10 months old. My goal is to assist you to become the most confident parent you can and smooth out the bumps along the way. This podcast is brought to you by My Baby Massage. To find out how Baby Massage can help you to increase your confidence and feel more connected with your baby, check out My Baby Massage introduction video at mybabymassage.net forward slash intro. Let's do this together. This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please contact a medical practitioner if you are concerned or have any medical issues. Hi Teresa, welcome to First Time Arms Chat. I'm delighted to have you here and I'm looking forward to chatting with you about ways to help parents identify whether the little one has any developmental issues during that all-important birth to three window. So can you start by telling us about what you do and your background?
1: Absolutely, Helen, and thank you so much for having me. I'm really honoured to be here. So I am a board-certified behaviour analyst, which means I work primarily with children who have been diagnosed with autism or ADHD, just honestly any developmental delay. Now, because it's so limited in that most children don't get diagnosed till after three, I decided to become an infant toddler developmental specialist, which means now I can work with children from birth to three. So I can really help by providing some real strategies in that time, which could prevent things from escalating later on, prevent any kind of um, maybe symptoms of a developmental delay, because there's so much you can do within that time to help children overcome any struggles that they might have.
0: Well, That's interesting. Struggle. It's interesting. I also teach infant massage. And with infant massage, sometimes when I'm teaching mum, sometimes the baby wants to be touched. But sometimes you can sense that the baby just doesn't want to be touched. We always ask permission when the baby wants to be touched, but sometimes you can sense that the baby just doesn't want to be touched. You're just not enough space to be touched. And I'm wondering with what you do, how can you tell if a baby is in that space if it's got adhd or autism
1: or whatever it might be how can you pick that up from a baby's age okay so that's why i became an infant developmental specialist because they can't really tell when a baby mm. is at infancy yeah. so usually they get diagnosed after three. Now, there are some things, though, some delays that you can see, maybe speech delay. And when I say speech and language, so maybe the receptive or expressive language, there are delays. Maybe they're just not meeting milestones. So they're not Mm. turning. They're not doing any of those things that you would expect. So it's basically just helping children meet milestones. And once we work with them to meet those milestones, chances of problem are greatly reduced because we've addressed a lot of those deficiencies, those deficits early in life to prevent something more challenging from occurring later on. So we work with the speech delays. If there are some, any kind of sensory issues, I'd collaborate with a consult with occupational therapists. I consult with speech therapists just so we can provide parents with a holistic treatment modality.
0: So if you go to an occupational therapist or a speech therapist, do you work together or how does it work? Yes, we do work together.
1: Weekly, I work with the children and the speech therapist or the occupational therapist, we consult quarterly. So they would come in and say, okay, these are some things that I think, these are some needs, these are some areas that we need to address and they will model those things and talk about those things and that I would incorporate in my treatment as
0: well. Ah, okay. So basically you're saying from a young age, you can detect there's something wrong. For instance, if they're not, let's Ooh. say I'm just giving an example here, say at around about nine months, they're not crawling or they're not beginning to stand up and things like that. You can detect there's something there and you'd say to a parent, look, I'm not sure that this is right. I'm going to get an occupational therapist or whatever it is to come and have a look.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Yes. Ah, So so when you work with your parents and you've given them those cues and telling them those things, what's the next step for you or
1: what's the next step for the parents? so i work through what we call early steps here in florida and they contact me and say hey we've got this student this child and they need help in this area there's a plan already written so if the child needs help with just whatever it is so if it's communication we work on communication and we have tools that we use. And when I say tools, just strategies that we use to help with communication. So I talk to parents. So if the deficit is communication, use a lot of words around your child. When your child babbles, respond to them conversationally. Mm. Have fun with your child. Make it a great fun experience because if it's not fun, it's not going to work right because children learn through play and we do a lot and sometimes it means having to do the same thing over and over and over again in a fun way to help the child acquire that skill
0: becoming a parent for the first time is challenging right it changes your life in every way imaginable and it's hard to hit the ground running isn't it there is so much to learn on all manner of subjects and it feels overwhelming exhausting and even impossible to find all you need to know. To help you, I've compiled some of the tips for mums that have been shared by the wonderful experts on First Time Mums Chat podcast and put them together in a free guide. These tips are easy to incorporate into your daily routines and will help make your new parenting journey easier. To get your free guide, go to mybabymassage.net forward slash tips mybabymassage.net forward slash tips you're quite right that children learn through play and I think that is a key to everything because if you encourage your child to learn through play then they're going to learn things and have fun with it and I think it's really important to have fun with play as well because otherwise it's not fun for you and it's not fun for the parent either
1: Exactly. So when they see me, I mean, I come in, honestly, literally on the floor. As soon as I get into a parent's house, I'm on the floor with the child. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to meet them where they are. We have to be within their line of sight. They have to be able to see our faces because for holistic communication to happen, you want to have that facial, them to be able to see your facial expression, just so they can model what you see. Because a lot of times if we were just to... Just go in. What is a child seeing? Our knees or whatever it is. So when you're on the floor with them, they can see your face. So you can have fun with them. So just a question. You said that as soon as you go
0: in and you get done and you communicate with the kids, which I think is very valuable because that's how they learn. But during COVID, when you've had to wear masks and everything, that would have been a very interesting challenge because you wouldn't be able to have the facial expressions.
1: Right. So during COVID, it was more remote. So by Zoom, instructing the parents as to what to do. Because again, when I go into the home, that's the goal. I model what I do for Mm. the parents. I model the strategies for parents. And then they're the ones because they live with their child and they show them what to do so that they can do it on a regular basis because that's the key. So, And I always want to start with telling parents that they are the expert on their child, yes. Mm -hmm. I'm the expert when it comes to behavior and helping them teach your child skills, but they know their child more than I do. So it always has to be a collaborative. We have to work collaboratively in order to get the outcomes that we're looking for.
0: I think that's important because somebody just going in there and saying, right, this is what's wrong with your child. and A lot of mums would think, well, what's she talking about? I know my child, I know how they're crawling or that they are beginning to get sk- least to crawl or whatever. And well, Of course, some parents might not know what the milestones are, Right. And I know roughly because I teach baby massage and I also have a child care background, but a parent might not know what the milestones are. They might not know what stages
1: their child does. It, mm-hmm. So they might not pick it up. Exactly. But they will know though, for the most part, that something is just not, because, you know, we use our gut as parents. Oh, our course. gut of is course. our guidance for our child. So when you get that gut feeling that, Hmm, just to quote a parent, something just doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. If something doesn't feel right, contact your pediatrician. Sadly, when you tell them what it is and explain it to them, they may still say, oh, you know, he'll be fine. It's a boy, this and that. And I've heard mm-hmm. that way too often. Mm-hmm. Get another opinion, please. Get a second, third, fourth opinion. Because until you address this, it's going to be a problem. I had a client, we were talking about this and I said, yes, you know, parents know. And he told me that there was a family that he met and at 14 months old, mom knew something just didn't feel right. And he went to person after person and they dismissed her. And when the child was four years old, they're like, oh yeah, something just isn't. They're just not. And I thought, you've got to keep going because that's four years that some, if something was done, because you know that birth to three window is very important. It's crucial, as you know, Helen. Yeah, yeah. so if we can do more in that window and get better results than we would if we wait past three. mm.
0: Yeah, I've noticed it a lot when I've worked in child care. I've observed that kids aren't quite, no, I'm not going to say not quite right, but I just noticed there's something not quite right about their behaviour or quite right about their development or whatever. And I've, I've often said that to parents and I've heard them saying exactly what you've just said, oh, they're a boy, they'll be all right. You know, and you've got to say it very delicately, because I think you don't want to tell the parent that they don't know their child. And I think, As professionals, I think that's a really important thing to support the parent as much as possible and say it in a very supportive way. Say, have you noticed that your child isn't doing X? I think it's a very fine line because as a parent, you're not going to want to be told your child's got autism or ADHD. And I think you've got to do it very delicately. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh, absolutely. Because to when a parent hears that news, there's some grieving that happens, right? The child that they expected, the child that they celebrated, they're like, oh my gosh, that is not this child. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it takes some time to get used to the fact, to come to terms with the fact that, okay, my child may have a diagnosis of, But usually in that birth to three window, the parents contact early steps and then I get involved. So usually they know before I do, right? But they're still going through that process. So I still get that. I walk into a home, actually, last week I walked into a home and the parents had been going online. And do you think he has autism? And based on what I know, I said, listen, I'm not licensed. I can't diagnose any child. However, based on what I've seen, because I've been working with children with autism for over 10 years now, so I can tell whether or not they might have some of the markers for autism. And I let them know, well, I don't see anything. And based on what I know about autism, your child is doing this, that, this, that, and that does not fall under that umbrella. Your child may have a developmental delay, like a speech delay or Just something that can be addressed. Maybe they have some sensory issues. They need sensory integration, in which case I would consult with an occupational therapist to help give me tips for that, to address those issues.
0: I am really passionate about First Time Moms Chat and providing a weekly resource that helps parents who are new to the whole world of parenting. And I want to hear from you. I warmly welcome questions and feedback and comments on my podcast episodes. You can send me a voicemail message quickly and easily from your smartphone or computer by going to mybabymassage.net forward slash message. That's mybabymassage.net forward slash message. Just out of curiosity, you said that you've worked with autism for 10 years. What are the markers that you've observed in the last 10 years? I know you're not a specialist, but what are the markers that you pick up?
1: Repetitive behaviors. Mm -hmm. They may line things up. They may have visual stimulation. So we call them, they stim. So they focus on something or they hand flap Children with autism often, they have social you know, deficits as well. They don't know how to socialize because a lot of people say they don't like to socialize. It's not that they don't like to, they just don't know how. And when we've taught children to socialize, they actually enjoy interacting with other people. So, and eye contact. A lot of children with yeah, yeah, autism yeah. don't make eye contact. There's a spectrum yeah, <laughs> So you can have different things. So one child with autism is going to look very different from another child who's been diagnosed with autism. And that's why they call it a spectrum. <clears throat> no two children are alike. But mm-hmm. the social skills deficit, like I said, a lot of children with autism don't make eye contact. Some may toll walks. Like I said, they present very differently having that diagnosis. Some may have sensitivity to sound. They may have sensitivity to certain lighting yeah each child is an individual and they all learn individually so
0: is there anything else you want to add about what you do that you feel that we haven't covered i want
1: to say there is always hope and you can have better outcomes the earlier you get your child involved with intervention so early intervention is key because the longer you wait the worse it gets for you and your child so do all the tests. And if they find everything is in order, then fine. At least now you know, but it's better to rule things out and to come out of your comfort zone and get the help that you need. If need be So get the test done, do all the things that are recommended so that you can rule out any diagnosis. Because if you don't and you wait, and I've seen parents wait, the child is six, seven years old, and now we're toilet training. We're feeding them. We're teaching them to dress themselves. And these are things that could have been addressed when they were two, three years old. And now we're doing it at six, seven. So Mm. that becomes a real concern because it takes longer for them to learn at that age. Now, there's a statistic that I want to share. The Kegels, they have a center in California. They looked at some children and what they found with early intervention between from birth to three I think it's either 85 or 95% of children, the ones who don't talk, they will with early intervention. After that, the numbers get significantly lower. So that birth to three window is so vital to, in helping develop skills and to overcome the possible effects of diagnoses.
0: Yeah, I think early intervention is important because, I, as I said, I come from a childcare background and I, I've i often picked things up and expressed it to parents and they've gone to see a specialist and they've said, "Oh, Ellen, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I didn't realise. So yes, I think that's a really important aspect.
1: Parents don't know what they don't know. So there is no judgment here. But until you... Find out, get information, talk to people, talk to professionals, and let them know what you're experiencing with your child so they can give you some help. No, yeah, that's very
0: valid. And I'd also like to add that we're not judging parents at all because every parent knows their child. We're just giving them the tools to be able to support them and to discuss any issues that they may be having. Absolutely, yes. So if anybody wanted to get in touch with you and find out more about what you do, how would they go about doing that?
1: So I have a podcast called Parenting with Confidence, so they can see me there. I have written a book. How can I
0: help my child with communication? Yes, yes,
1: yes. And it's available at fireeyebooks.com, F I R E E Y E books.com. I also have parenting videos on TikTok. So just small parenting videos on TikTok at parenting, at zero parenting, B Y T E S zero, just to help parents, give them tips on communication and skill development. And people ask questions. And based on those questions, I create videos. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you. And I will put those details that you've given me in the show notes so my listeners can click on them and find out more. So thank you, Teresa, for coming on. And I really enjoyed talking to you. I actually learned a lot more about
1: autism. Thank
0: you for coming on to First Time Mums Chat. It was a pleasure talking
1: to you. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: Teresa certainly has a lot to offer parents with their experience and shared some great tips and insights. It certainly brought back many memories from my many years working as a child care educator. It can be so hard for parents to identify when there are problems, and it is so important to deal with anything before they are three years old, where possible. I've included links to Teresa's podcast, as well as her book and social media, in the show notes, which can be accessed at mybabymassage.net forward slash podcast forward slash 085. Please help me spread the word to other mums by rating and reviewing my podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps me support more mums, yes, just like you, for a smooth journey into the exciting world of parenthood.